Postdoc transformation. Postdoc transformation. Postdoc transformation. Are you an international early career scientist looking for a PhD program or postdoc position in Germany? Well, in this rare interview, I sit down with Privatdozentin Dr. Christine Eichhorn, co-author of the book Ich bin Hannah, as she discusses the precarity in academic employment. From the hierarchical system in Germany to the struggles faced by postdocs, Christine sheds light on the realities of being a researcher. Discover why she co-initiated a powerful campaign and how you can support the cause. But it's not just about academia, it's about how she leads her own students to develop critical thinking, societal change and how she role models her passion to make a difference. Don't miss this eye-opening interview that will change your perspective on the research in Germany. Join us and be part of the movement by also following and supporting Dr. Christine Eichhorn in social media as linked in the show notes. And now, let's go! Invest in your postdoc transformation. Welcome to the seasonal show for scientists leaping into business. In every sponsored episode, we are happy to recommend employers of choice for you. Make sure to check your readiness to leave out of science with us for free as linked in the show notes. For your career transition, we offer customized career transition e-courses and memberships also at graduate schools all over the world. Maybe yours too. And if your university isn't yet our customer, enroll in your free email course for career transition made simple as linked in the show notes. I'm your host, Professor Dr. Eleanor Sui Winkles, with my team who is rooting for you. And let's build your postdoc transformation with this episode. Welcome to the Postdoc Transformation Show. I'm welcoming here today Privatdozentin Dr. Christine Eichhorn. And I'm so honored because she is one of the co-authors of this book, which I'm holding here into the camera, Ich bin Hannah. And the other co-authors are Amrei Barr and Sebastian Kuban. And I will link to their resources as well in the show notes. But before we dive right into the updates of your campaign, Ich bin Hannah, to address precarity in academic employment, I'm really curious about you as a scientist. Welcome to the show, Privatdozentin Dr. Christine Eichhorn. Hello, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Before we dive right in, I would like to learn more about your personality as a researcher. The number one question is, I said Privatdozentin. So when I look into your CV, you are currently a substitute professor. Can you please explain what that is for my international audience? Uh, Germany has this very hierarchical system where the professorship is basically the end of the career or the high point of your career. I'm sort of in between that. When you do your postdoc and when you're qualified to become a professor, but you have to get to this level first. Sometimes there is a situation where a professorship is vacant because someone has left the job and they haven't had time to call someone new. So in this situation, you have a substitute. So this is the kind of position I'm in. I'm in a particular situation because I have to substitute for a very long time because this is a special situation, but usually you do this like for a semester or two. Now that we understand where your situation is within academia, I would love to understand why are you a scientist? What is your research area? 
I'm a scientist in modern German literature, and it's very important to understand what modern means in this context, because this term goes back to the late 1900s. So uh, you have to understand that modern means basically everything from the 17th century until today. This is a very broad research area of German literature. I myself specialize mostly in 18th century literature. I've written my dissertation on the fable of the Enlightenment. I have another research area in the early 20th century. I have a journal on expressionism that I'd like to mention here. Oh, wow. I don't know a lot of scientists who have already, before becoming a professor, their own journal. So you're the editor, right? Yeah, I just, I just started one. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That tells a lot about your own personality because, you know, you initiated a campaign that we already said pre-recording that is so needed in Germany. Mm -hmm. All right, but we'll talk about that later. What are your research plans when you have a full tenured professorship? As a German literature scholar, very often you don't really need that much additional funding. If you have a good library, you can basically work on anything. So I'm basically continuing to do what I do now. Right now, I'm working on a project that I've started with the Literaturarchiv in Marbach, which is around the corner. I'm currently at Stuttgart, so this is not far away. And we're doing a project on the small journals of expressionism. So expressionism, an art movement of the early 20th centuries, and it took place in a lot of journals and newspapers. And very often these journals were very short-lived. So they had like just one or two editions or just ran for a year or something like that. A lot of that material is still kind of unused for research. And so what we're going to do is look into these little journals and we hope that we can get some money and make them digitally available in a better format than they are now. So that's one of the projects I'm currently working on. I'm also trying to delve in again into 17th and 18th century topics. I'm working on a project right now, which I call Men in Love. The idea behind this is there are all these novels in the 18th century where, you know, you have a young woman who's innocent and virtuous, and there's a man who's trying to seduce her. It got me to the idea that we could look at the masculine side of love, because very often that's not a topic of discussion because you have love poems. And of course, there's research on that. But when they are from a male perspective and written by a man, this is just, well, concepts of love. You don't really talk about what's the particular male aspect of that. But I want to kind close the gap between these two discussions in research. Well, that sounds interesting. And I bet that that is also interesting to your students. Talking about your students, can you tell me how do you teach and why do you teach the way you do? I'm just actually planning to do a lecture on this the next semester, so this could be interesting. Uh, first of all, you have to know that in German literature, it is common that except for the introductory course, you can just pick something that we want to delve into and the students have the same free selection. So just try something new and experiment a little bit. I try to always have canonical literature in the focus because we teach a lot of students that are going to be German teachers later on. We have a large group of people who just move to the schools. So we have to see that they know the regular literature. This is very important, but I also always include a little bit of something that is, you know, different. And because if you did the regular canon, you would all have men, right? So we have to kind of mix this up a little bit. So that's one thing I try to do. And right now at Stuttgart, I have the opportunity to, to teach a few courses that are special. Usually I lead a discussion. That's the regular format that we have. 
But right now I have a few opportunities where I can coach people working on their own project. At the end of their master's degree, they can pick another subject that they haven't really had time to work through during their courses that they've taken and individually pick that and, and then just, you know, read it as them. And then we can have a little conversation at the end of the semester. So this is basically mixing up the regular structure a little bit. That's a lot of fun because they have so many different ideas. And it's also challenging because, of course, I don't know all of them. I'm not an expert in all of these fields. So it's very interesting just to uh, bring forth the potential in students. So it's not always important that I am the expert in the field myself. Very often it's helping them become experts in the area that they like to work in. So that was great for me, taking the position of a student. Is there anything else that you want to see in your own bachelor and master's students beyond the script, beyond the whatever you teach? I think in general, we always aim for critical thinking so that people have the opportunity to find their own interest levels and be able to work out bureau, find their own ways, but also to analyze things critically. So I think that an important skill, especially in well, the political setting that we have today, you would think that literature is basically irrelevant. That's actually not what it is, because what we do is you read these texts and you learn to analyze the meaning. And there are always important topics like I'm in the 18th century. So you can say the 18th century is very far removed. But actually, a lot of the discussions are very insightful and now they can tell you that the way things are today they don't have to be this way in a different century we looked at it from a different perspective that you can take a different perspective is also i think a skill that students can take into their own lives absolutely agreed that's also an outcome that will benefit every student that you will have and once you have determined your readiness to leap and want to transition into business or industries then you can enroll in your free email course with 10 actionable bingeable email lessons until you start your job in business. You'll get 10 emails like this. Number one, how to leap out of science. Number two, how to build your sustainable LinkedIn profile. Number three, how to read social media and network. Number four, how to research your favorite jobs and employers. Number five, how to do informational interviews to get insights. Number six, how to create your customized applications with ChatGPT. Number seven, how to prepare your thesis from a business point of view. Number eight, how to apply to your favorite employers. Number nine, how to choose the right job offer. Number 10, how to prepare for your new job. All right, so now I would love to switch gears and to dive into the second topic that I already alluded to earlier. You are the co-author of several campaigns and the current campaign is Ich bin Hannah. And just to give my audience a little bit more background information, Christine gave an interview to Teresa Völker in March 2023 in her blog, Elephant in the Lab. And I will link to that blog article because it's so detailed and so accurate. But now that I have you on the show, I would love to have you summarize and add updates on Ich bin Hanna. Well, first of all, you have to know that Ich bin Hanna is originally a Twitter campaign that I've done with Amrei Ba and Sebastian Kuban. It's important to know that Ich bin Hanna means I am Hanna. The question is, who is Hanna? Hanna is a character from a video that was done by the Ministry for Education. And they were trying to explain 
the law that gives way to hiring people on non-permanent contracts in research. Because in Germany, that there's a specific law that allows researchers on non-permanent contracts for six years before their PhD and for another six years after a PhD. This is an employment situation that would not be legal in another field. This is specifically for researchers. They presented this whole situation uh, in the video, uh, like this is a really great thing. Uh, like uh, innovation is necessary, needs fluctuation to, to come through. And then they had this nice phrase where they said, uh, one generation should not clog the system. Basically, we all just have to leave uh, science in the end. So another generation has the great chance of experiencing that work environment and you know, get their PhDs and other qualifications. A little bit about the situation and the way we work. The short-term contracts, sometimes people are hired only for a year or just a few months. If you're lucky, you get a three-year contract. And that situation can last very long in your career. Most researchers, if you stay in science, will probably end up in their mid-40s and they either find a professorship, which is hard to do, or they drop out and then they have to find another job. And that's obviously very hard to do when you are that far in your career and you have never done anything else. Depending on your field, it might be harder or easier, but in general, this is just a situation that is not very good. So we have no, almost no permanent contracts. You have people working overtime without pay, uh, giving up everything, leaving their families from Tuesday to Thursday because they're living in another town, because they have to commute hundreds of kilometers and so on. So this is a very bad situation. And I think it's been known in research circles for a long, long time, but it wasn't really until the pandemic, until we managed to build up over Twitter, a community that actually addresses these issues. So we started with uh, another campaign where we collected 95 theses against the law. That was a little funny thing on Reformation Day. If you're familiar with Martin Luther, he had these 95 theses. So we did a little spin on that. Uh, but the really successful thing was Ich bin Hannah, where we identified with Hannah as a character. This is a fictional character for whom everything is great. But we said we identify and we show the real people and their real struggles behind that, how you get a more realistic picture of what they looks like. Uh, that turned out quite successful. It was a good narrative for the press as well. Uh, so that's the general situation. And did you know that we offer deep dive e-course workshops and memberships at graduate schools, maybe also at yours in the future? Ask your graduate school coordinator whether they want to book my services so that I can deliver them to you 24-7, 365 on your mobile device. And even better, if you get us paid by your grad school, we will pay you 50% recurring sales commissions. So you will earn money with us as we help you and your PhD besties to transition into business. We can build a post of transformation together. When I was listening and also reading through your book, I had so many triggering moments. I'm probably 10 years older. Many memories, also bad memories came up. And I know a lot of my professors who had this Zweitwohnung somewhere else, um, Monteur's Wohnung it's called. I saw many female professors not having children, even though they wanted. They even asked to babysit because they said that they would have loved to have children. And it breaks my heart to see so many people in their mid forties to sort of like have to change gears in their careers, especially if they never wanted to be something else but to become a professor. But 
that's enough about my emotional turmoil when I was reading your book. What are your own upcoming events that you plan? I mean, you just had a recent event in Germany and what else is on the plate? I, basically, since the campaign started, we've been going around doing podcasts and interviews or, or discussions. So I'm going to have two discussions on a podium in January. So one will be in Paderborn on the 24th, and then I'm moving from there to Bielefeld on the 26th. So this is very convenient because these two cities are not that far apart. So basically, this is what we're doing right now. I should probably say a little bit something about where we are right now uh, after this campaign. There was a big debate and then the new government had planned to do a reform on the law and they are currently working on that. But they made a proposal in July of this year. We are now in November, so you can see this has been a long time in the making. The problem with this reform proposal is that it doesn't really change that much. So we work, we work really hard to get through to them. But right now, there's also a lot of lobbyism from the other side because, you know, the research institutions mostly want things to remain as they are so they can just hire staff and let them go again. But there's really a lot of activism against a general change of the system, which we so desperately need, not just for researchers, but it's also science itself suffers from that because we already have problems finding people to hire here. And then you, know, you have all these short-term projects that end somewhere and all public money that gets wasted just because a project is started and then you build on a website where you buy a big I don't know, some big device that is super expensive. And then the person who knows how to handle this, how to do the research is gone because their contract has run out. So uh, this is a really bad situation, but uh, it's very hard to bring about change. Now the proposed law lies there in the government between the several ministries and they're kind of fighting over <laughs> what kind of law uh, should come out of this. So this is sort of a waiting period. That's where we're in right now. So we're trying to... Well, you know, raise the pressure again so we can get a reform that actually makes things better and not just continues them as they are for the most part. Wow. And just listening to that makes me see that you spend a lot of time on that. And I also, in your read, I also read that in your book. I mean, you do this activism in your spare time as a researcher who doesn't have a lot of financial support and also no other resources. So how can we support you? Because you are supporting us. I mean, the next generation of scientists, how can we support you? Well, there's many ways you can do that. On the one hand, it's important just to stay informed, stay up to date, and then make yourself heard. There are many ways to do that, depending on what level you're on or what activism, if you like, you have time for or how public you want to go. I mean, you can you can also start on social media, can start an account there, which can also be anonymous and just, you know, share these topics. I think it's very important that you share them with your colleagues also, because that's why I want to do this podcast with you, because we have that thing that this is mostly a discussion that happens in the German-speaking community. Hey, Postdoc Transformer, are you curious to ask professors, principal investigators, visiting scientists, postdocs, PhD students, and candidates some in-depth life and career-guiding questions? But if it's cringe, so you end up not asking? Buy our Postdoc Transformation card game to have more fun and valuable insights in your journal club, lab and mentoring meetings, lab rotations, during conferences, panels, and breaks at the Mensa. 
you'll get 10 intriguing mentoring questions per career level. So 10 for PhD students, 10 for postdocs, 10 for professors, 10 for parental scientists, underprivileged and underrepresented and underserved scientists. Check them out with our discount coupon on the Postdoc Transformation shop linked on postdoctransformation.com. And we hear that researchers who come from abroad, well, they speak English and they don't often have access to all the information. I mean, we try to bring that out, but a lot of discussion is in German. Well, that's just how it is. So if you have that knowledge, then spread the knowledge. I think that's very important because especially people who come from abroad, they need to know what situation they're in because very often when they have a non-permanent contract, they don't get to stay in the country because, you know, then their the right runs out. They have to go back to their own country because they have no contract or the country comes only a day before they start working. So there's a lot of problems uh, international researchers have that we as German citizens will not have. So it's very important, I think, so at least to know what system you're working in, even if you don't protest against it, it's just for your own survival. It's very important that you know what the situation is. So if you have access to the information and you know colleagues who don't, spread the word. Absolutely. And it's also important to sort of know that before you come to Germany. Because, preferably, yes. <laughs> yeah, prefer, probably, yes. And um, as we all know, I'm also in Germany. So we could have been talking in German as well, probably much easier. But we chose to speak in English so that we can reach the ones who need to hear that. You need to make an informed decision if you want to come as a postdoc to Germany. And I know a lot of international scientists here who try to make it and to become a professor. It's hard if you have a different background. Also raised the hashtag Ich bin Reihan because there are differences on top or challenges on top. Being affected, not just being a scientist, but also maybe if you come from a different background. And now it's time to thank company ABC who sponsors this episode of the Postdoc Transformation Show. I would now be reading the company's answers to one of six bold questions so that you can choose to apply. For example, number one, describe your most valuable experts versus leaders in your company. Have they typically earned a doctor title? Number two, for whichever company roles or units do you encourage somebody with a doctor title to apply? Number three, how would you describe your organizational culture in which your most valuable experts and leaders thrive in? To nominate an employer of choice so that we can ask our informative bold questions, let us know via the click on the link. If you are a company representative, like in recruiting and employer branding, and now you want your company to be highlighted as an employer of choice for our audience, you can become a sponsor of a dedicated Postdoc Transformation Show episode. Just click on the link in the show notes, and now... Back to the post of transformation episode. Now that we have discussed that whatever is coming up for Ich bin Hannah and how we can support you, maybe there's also things that you want to sort of like recommend to my various target groups. So for example, as you also have bachelor and master students, we'll start there. What do you recommend to aspiring talented bachelor and master students? 
You may not be necessarily directly affected by the situation in the system, but your teachers or the, your professors might. Again, it helps just to know what kind of system um, you're working in, you're studying in. Um, because especially in German studies, we have the situation where we have a lot of research, a lot of papers to grade after a semester. So if someone has like a super heavy teaching load and works overtime all the time, so it can sometimes take months before a paper is being graded. And the students very often don't understand why that is. I think it's just a lazy person there, but that's not usually the case. Very often these are structural problems. And then we have a situation where people constantly leave. So you don't know who to talk to in a particular situation, who has the knowledge. So that makes things difficult for students. So again, when it comes to students, I would just say try to understand the system, you know, that you're working in because also students are a much bigger group than we are. So if you join us in our protest for better working and studying conditions, uh, we have a much better chance of raising awareness if we come together as a much larger group. Have you found this episode so far helpful for yourself? Well, maybe you can subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Popping, or wherever you get our show. And also share this episode with your PhD bestie because that would encourage us to help the underprivileged, underrepresented, and underserved early career scientists leaping into business. This would also ensure that you don't miss a future episode. Also, our subscription and listening numbers are key for finding the right sponsors for our show so that we can help you for free. And now back to the show. So what can you recommend to current doctoral student. If you want to do your PhD, that's perfectly fine. So you don't necessarily have to worry that this will be the end of your career or something you have to drop out of the system before. But also, again, you should be aware of what you're getting into. We have a very hierarchical system, so make sure you know where you draw the line. Very often, you have a job as a PhD, you're going to end up with 50% pay and 100% work or something like that. There's a lot of ideology going on that tells you that is the way it needs to be done and science is so special and you have to take all that. You know, it's very important. Be aware of these stories that are being told and just don't buy them. Make sure that you understand what it is you want out of the system while you're doing it. And if you think that you want to do this and yeah, these conditions are reasonable, they work for you, then that's perfectly fine. But don't take up with everything. Just make sure you know where you draw the line. I think that's very important because you do have other options. Usually you are very qualified. Be aware of that. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Remember, you are a postdoc transformer. You are highly intelligent, well-educated, a bachelor, master, And maybe you have already your doctor under your belt, or you are a postdoc. You are internationally experienced, fluent in English, a leader and expert in your prior research field. You're resilient, brilliant in adaptation and problem solving. You are eager to bring in the transferable and monetizable skills needed in many companies to embrace the future and to become or remain an innovator in their markets. Okay, thank you. Now, Let's move on to the last recommendation. What do you recommend to current postdocs? Well, current postdocs, that's the most difficult group to advise. I think most people will have understood what the system does or does not do for them at this point. Uh, so it depends kind of where you are in your career. You have to be aware that the longer you stay in research, 
the harder it will become to, well, get out or find a job elsewhere. So uh, if you're still in the early stages, again, do the same thing as the PhD students. Think about what you want and how long you're going to do this. Just draw a line for you. Make a goal. You could probably say, well, if I don't have a permanent job at, I don't know, 40, I'm going to drop out or something like that. Uh, maybe sooner, possibly, probably sooner. But you should have like a goal for yourself. And also see if there are other options so you don't fall into nothing. This is also very important. So the longer you go on, the more trouble you will have. But while you're in the system, I, once you are there and uh, if the situation is as it is, then at least try to do what you can to make it better while you're here. I think that's also uh, an important thing. There are little things you can do. You don't even have to start a big campaign. Sometimes it's just write a few posts on social media. That doesn't take a lot of time. Or, you know, think when if you get to the level of uh, running a group where you have to hire your own people, try not to suppress them. Do not carry on uh, these narratives. Uh, make sure that the people around you who work for you go home on the weekends and don't take their laptops with them. Things like that can really make a big difference when you have on a, such a small level where you have your influence. So think about what kind of influence you have for, you, for yourself or for others and see what you can do to make things better, even if you're not going to make a big change at this particular point. Wow. So many things that are so valuable and I hope that my own students, but also my postdoc transformers who are listening to this will maybe repeat that and, and try to understand at which phase they are and what they can do to make the change happen because that change mm -hmm. is well needed in Germany. And I suppose that when I listen to my colleagues all over the place in different countries, it's a similar pattern. Demia is a beast in the sense of It takes labor, cheap labor, and doesn't care about the individuals so much. So you need to draw the line, as you just said, and to know when, you know, when it's better to, to sort mm -hmm. of prioritize your own needs instead of serving an ideal that is not serving you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you so much. Privatdozentin Dr. Christine Eichhorn, it was a pleasure to talk to you. I would love to have you as a professor. Because I, when I was studying, I didn't have so many professors that were female. And I would have loved to have someone who is so realistic and not just up in the air in the ivory tower talking about things that are maybe relevant to her research, but not so much caring about my situation as a student. So I'm really thankful that you took the time to share your message of Ich bin Hannah, so I am Hannah also for my English community. And I'll make sure that we will disseminate that all over the place. Thank you. So for thank you very much for the kind words and for having me. I was very happy to be here. Do you want a transcript of our episode? And our episode sponsors answers to all six bold questions so that you can choose to apply. Do you want to nominate your potential employer of choice so that we can ask them our bold questions? For all of that, click on our links in our show notes and on our website, www.postdoctransformation.com. Remember to check your readiness to leap out of science and to enroll in our free email course, Career Transition Made Simple. Thanks for your attention. I'm Professor Dr. Eleanor Zoe Winkers, the host of your seasonal Postdoc Transformation show. Have you ever wondered how to make your grad school stand out in the crowded landscape of academia? Do you aim to attract the best master students from all over the world to learn from and work with your professors so that your research remains globally recognized and well-funded? Do you wish to repel bad applications which aren't tailored towards your grad school's research profile? 
Now, let's talk about a powerful branding tool, podcasts. They're a game changer for higher education institutions. As a professor, active on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, and a podcast host and producer of this postdoc transformation show, I'm here to encourage all the graduate school representatives to think beyond the conventional marketing mechanism. Instead of being one of many vendors at a time-limited grad school fair, why not create a podcast that showcases your grad school as the ultimate destination for the world's best master's students. Share inspiring and encouraging stories of your top PhD students, high-profile alumni, your faculty, and the incredible opportunities your grad school offers. A podcast can be a window into your school's vibrant community, its cutting-edge research, and unique experiences. And in times of AI-generated marketing material, a podcast with your academic leaders in real life is a very human and innovative way to attract prospective PhD students. You can inform them every day, everywhere, not just during the typical grad school application seasons. This would prepare your best candidates for the application. Even better, you can support and make your current PhD students and postdocs visible for the next career steps in academia or business. Remember, successful graduates elevate your grad school's reputation. So, if you are a university chancellor, grad school dean, speaker, consider this. By launching a podcast for your grad school, you can elevate your grad school's brand and tell aspiring scientists and employers what makes your grad school the best choice with scalable evergreen content. If you're interested, forward this to your marketing representative and get our list of 30 sample episode titles customizable for your grad school podcast and just enter an email address on my website www.postdoctransformation.com as linked in the show notes. As a seasoned professor and podcaster, I'm also happy to strategize about how you can launch your grad school podcast on Podbean, the podcast hosting platform we use for the Postdoc Transformation Show, supporting scientists leaping into business. Postdoc Transformation.